Want to understand the value of building a personal brand online? Want to know how quickly things can change for you when you do? In this week's episode, I'm speaking to personal branding coach Ash Borland, who shares his tips for cutting through the noise online and positioning yourself to really stand out. Hi there, and welcome to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, then take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes, and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget to join our Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. So welcome along and let's meet Ash. So this week, I am delighted to welcome Ash Borland to the podcast. Ash is the host of the Personal Branding 101 podcast. Ash, welcome to the show. Hi, Bob. Thank you very much for having me. Ash, like everyone else, I would like to start, if you could maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do. Yeah, of course. I always try my hardest not to spiral off into Pluto with stuff like this, because I like the sound of my own voice, which I've been told is quite good for this, so that's okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But a little bit about me. So um, my name is Ash Borland. Um, I I host the Personal Branding 101 podcast, and I'm a personal branding coach. So I coach people, usually... um, one-man bands, small, you know, entrepreneurs, consultants, people like that. Um, and I teach them how to kind of embrace their own individuality and then stand out from the crowd online and offline. I think I was very keen to speak to you because I've been following you for a little while and I see a lot of stuff on social media. I spend my whole day on social media and very few people cut through. And actually you've managed to build your personal brand online around the podcast quite quickly in a very effective way. So I really wanted to look at how intentional was that? And also, where do you want to take it? I think just to, yeah, just to hear the story of what you've done and why you've done it and how you've done it. Of course. No, that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, it has been a bit of a whirlwind. It was definitely intentional. Um, So to understand it, it takes a bit, go back a little bit. So my original background um, was performing arts. So... From a very young age, I was an actor and singer, dancer professionally. And um, I, so it makes more sense as to that. So I did that and then I, I decided to have a career change and became a um, a financial advisor, funnily enough. That's quite a shift. <laughs> That's a very big shift. Um, and I became a financial advisor because I, this is where this whole thing about embracing individuality comes into play and why it's very intentional and where I want to take it is... Um, I I just I just couldn't deal with the with the stresses of performing and I just I left I was a bit too young for it and I went ran off and became a financial advisor I wanted to conform and become normal and I did that for 6 years in the whole kind of property sector and stuff and then um decided to to generate business to leads for my business I decided to make some videos and that was about two and a half years ago now maybe and I started making these videos um, just really just doing basic, very basic um, information around how to buy a house and how to finance that and all the things involved. And um, that inner fire was let out for this like original, my original passion was performing and, and communicating with people. And I was a dance teacher for 10 years and it all just came out. And um, I started to realize that I knew a lot about this stuff subconsciously because it, 
it was just applying it to a different thing mm. which was really weird you know like it, it even just just loads of little things like that so when i started to learn then more about because i knew nothing about digital marketing like at all like i knew nothing about it but when i actually spent time learning about it and understanding it a little bit better it started to see it as it's it wasn't actually that difficult if i could apply proper techniques proper performing techniques on camera or for example how we're talking now with tonality of voice and expression of the way you sound and all of that stuff and understand also a bit and have a bit basic understanding of kind of behavioral science and behavioral economics um if you apply those things together it you can make someone see you as one very specific thing and um so for me at the time it was wanting to be the the mortgage guy the financial guy but the reason why the personal branding 101 podcast really worked was because i had a, a chat with a with a good friend of mine who said um if you focus your attention on this which is obviously what you love to do and you go all in on that what do you think you could achieve and um the honest truth was i didn't think it would go as quickly as it did but um it was all measured yeah it definitely it definitely was I wanted everyone, I wanted the idea behind it was that if you saw me in the street, you would know what I did. It's this omnipresent strategy. Mm. Um, and did I know, did I think it was going to work or did I know it was going to work? Uh, no, I didn't know. It's <laughs> the first time I said that. Um, normally I'm like, yes, I didn't know. I had a, I, a gut feeling it would. Um, and it, it went, it's gone quicker and quicker and quicker. And it's been, it's been amazing. Now, where I want to take it, um, I'm still, it's very much riding me as a part for me riding it. It's definitely like it's, it's gone quicker than I expected. But my, my overall, overall um, gain for everything with this is because of my background, um, I have this saying that I always say to myself, which is conformity stifles creativity. It's a really silly thing. I never really say it, but in my head, it's the way I always see it. And um, my long-term goal is to be able to show people that, and, and that the podcast is really the main move of that is that I'm able to show people that being yourself and not having to be whatever the corporate world wants you to be or the CEO like that, um, it is a superpower. And, and that's my goal is really the long term goal is to um, try and empower that because I think it's it's really common not be what you think the world wants you to be, but be who you are. <laughs> so that's my long term goal for it. I think for a lot of people, the idea of be yourself superficially, that sounds really easy mm. until you try to do it. And all kinds of gremlins start crawling out, all kinds of insecurities, all sort of anxieties. And I think personal branding sounds very, very easy. But actually, if it's going to be done with integrity, if it's going to be done in genuine alignment with who you are, it actually becomes very difficult. And I think what you were saying earlier about the the people who would come to you saying, I have a great personal brand. I think we were talking about this often. Yeah, we were, yeah, you're right. But actually realizing, well, you don't really. Yeah. What you have is a is a front. 100%. It's quite a different thing. Very different. <laughs> I think um, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, I'm, it's really silly, this. I, um, I get really good at it now because, and I said this to someone before, it's a never-ending, uh, me and my wife are chatting about this, it's a never-ending... Um, like journey generally personal branding because your brand is evolving and changing and you are evolving and changing and my wife is currently pregnant so my life is massively one with my business but my personal life is 
changing. Things that weren't a big deal to me now are a big deal. My values shift. And I think it's really interesting um, when I, well, you say the people who think they have a good personal brand, but really what they've got is a good corporate persona or something. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's something I see all the time. And it's really interesting. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I always say to my wife, I'll say, that person has an identity crisis. <laughs> and they'll go, she'll say, well, what do you mean? And I say, well, I promise you it takes one to know one. Like, cause that was me. I didn't know who I was. And um, for four, four and a bit years, I had to really look deep into who I was. And as you say, it wasn't, it's not easy. Only when you can truly embrace who you are, warts and all, do you then have the success I'm getting, I guess I'm having. Uh, because before then, that was the problem about being an actor. I was amazing at being whatever anyone else wanted me to be, but it doesn't make you happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's very easy to, I'm, I'm saying I'm not an actor and I would probably struggle with it, but it's like anything else. If your profession is pretending, mm. it's very easy to pretend. Yes. Um, but to actually take away all the pretense and say, well, this is genuinely me, but not only say this is genuinely me, be 100% behind who that yeah. is. That has actually that's where the work is a lot of the time yes i mean the, the because concern. not only do you have to do that not only do you have to accept it building a personal brand requires you to fuel it fuel it yeah. pour energy into it propel it and amplify it and that that's where the work comes yeah <laughs> it's never ending it's very true i think for me it was a breaking point and, and it was a lot it was a journey that then set me off and once i discovered how it's like anything, I guess, with anyone. Once I discovered how freeing and, and liberating it was for me and tiring, but but for me, myself, and what it did to my business that I had at the time, that's when, when people started to reach out and say, can you help me do it? I was like, yes, you know, of course, I'd love to. But I think the hardest, the hardest um, obstacle I do come across with clients or potential clients is always not them fully grasping, like as you said right at the beginning, what it is. Personal branding is a buzzword that's thrown around a lot. But to really understand your true personal brand, you have to go quite deep and true to yourself and instead of what you think everyone wants you to be. And I think, as you've probably found, it will often lead to quite a profound change of direction. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess what I would like, there will be people listening to this for whom the idea of a personal brand is something they're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. But there'll be another set for whom they're thinking, well, I just, I run a SaaS company. I just want to, I just want people to know about my company. What are the core benefits of a personal brand as you interpret it? So the core benefits for personal branding on a purely kind of measurable, tangible scale. Um, so for a business to, for someone in the business to, to embody it, the things I noticed and the things I noticed with my clients is um, first thing they start to establish themselves. Um, if they start to, to build this brand out, they start to establish themselves as a as a thought leader in their space, in their chosen field, which is always going to help because your peers respect you. Um, and th- so then the second one that I noticed was also that it attracted new opportunities. So I started to increase my network with people I never, and I think me and you spoke about this off air again, similar with you doing the podcast, is you started to attract people I never would have spoken to before. Never ever. Mm. And 
business opportunities started to arise and they will for anybody who does it. I haven't had a client yet who hasn't experienced it, but you can't read, they're not tangible to explain at the beginning because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but my network grew and with it came loads of new opportunities to the point where now here I am at a complete direction change. And, and that could be yourself as a business owner. And then the third one, which was, is the main one, what, why many people get into it in the first place was, was and will be for yourself, not you but anyone listening to this, is I started to attract sales leads um, and ultimately closing those sales without actively chasing them at all because I hate sales. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. And I, and, and I was thinking that what I started to notice was people would come to me and just go, can I work with you? And yeah. I start to have that, or my clients are starting to get that now because you know the business has been going for it's a startup. So I've got a couple of clients who are really starting to soar in this space where they can't get their head around the idea that they that three four months ago they were calling people, and now they just do social media based content and lives and things, and they have an abundance of leads. Now. Um, the ones and I will so that's the tangible three things now the ones I would say is these guys the, the, the three the two sorry who are absolutely flying in that have definitely done what you just said at the beginning which is unlocked who not unlocked but the, but they're willing to go to where who they truly are and that's mm. why they're being very successful um, you know they, they, they seem to be quite talented at it and unlocked it quickly but they're definitely the three benefits that I found um, and anyone I know has found. Now, there's a lot more personal benefits to it as well, but from a business point of view, um, it's a very good investment to start building your own personal brand. I, th I think one of the things I've found, which is it, it's, it's almost like a wrapping up of what you've described, is previously I had to pitch for business. I had to tender for business. Now it's almost completely switched around where people come asking almost for permission to work with you. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> a very odd experience. Now, I'm not saying this is entirely the case, but I think the more you build your personal brand, the more you build that almost mini celebrity, the more magnetic you become as a potential supplier or partner or however you define it. So, yeah, I think I, I had my first, as, as you said, the podcast is really, really starting to take off. And um, I had my first couple of calls, it would have been about two weeks ago now, where my, where someone rang me and said, uh, or, or did we scheduled a, a Zoom call? And he actually said, um, oh, he said, I've I've listened to, and he literally quoted the episodes. There was like four episodes, five episodes. And he'd listened to them all, and he was the, the the forty minute call we had was him telling me my theories and things like that. Mm. And it was really bizarre because um, in this world, you know, because all he all he said to me he said, so what what do you do? And I said, well, I I. I can coach you and help you get phone calls like this because <laughs> that is the truth of it is it's very like it blew me away and the podcast has now brought more and more business so does LinkedIn um, and yet I have never since I've started have to actually say I've never once said come and join my personal brand mastery program not once or I, I haven't had to because they've come to me and then when we've chatted it's just been so much better i mean it's really it's blown me away how it's done and it, and it works for anyone who's willing to put the time in it works but it's just definitely mm. the one thing i'd say that's hard with it is willing to take that jump off the cliff to understand that you can't be actively pitching and doing that because they kind of work against each other 
Yeah, it absolutely does. I think one of the things that's sort of regularly echoed in the personal brand building world is you need to be about serving, not selling. And if you do that, if you take it seriously, then over time, the opportunities come to you, but you have to pay your dues to an extent. There are some quick wins and you can get lucky. But I think this is how I describe it to clients because I'm not in the personal brand training coach business, but I do incorporate a little bit of personal brand work within the wider digital marketing mix. And the way I describe, or one of the lenses through which I encourage customers to look at content marketing in general is, you've got short-term investments, medium-term investments, and long-term investments. And you'll know about this from the financial services world. You need a balanced portfolio. So the short-term, that's paid ads, paid content, medium-term, social media, social networking, and a bit of search engine optimization. Long-term investments, that's podcast, YouTube, and blogging to an extent, because they pay the highest interest, and they pay dramatically with compound interest over time. But time is the essential part. And if you put in the time, you'll get those dividends and they're massive. And that's kind of what you described there. It definitely is that. And um, and that's actually exactly what I what I say to my clients is that um, I think with YouTube podcasting, it's exactly the same thing. Exactly. That is this. They will pay massively in the end. But I think people drastically underestimate what they can, how much work is required for those and how mm. long that road is going to be. You know, like you say, that there is a, the the short term definitely is paid ads. It's not something I, I know how it works. Similar to yourself in regards to, I touch on digital marketing stuff with them, but it's not my remit. Um, but it is like paid ads are, are, are they'll get you the results quick, you know, PPC and stuff. They will get you those results. And if you need to get the business off the ground, they're brilliant. But as you're, you're right in having a, a spread of those things, with the idea that those long form content, those really, really good value adding pieces of content are going to be your, your long-term strategy. It is the main thing. Definitely. I think one of the things that I really admire about just watching your ecosystem online, I think the podcasting is, is kind of buttoned down and it's actually quite, it's time consuming, but it's quite easy to an extent. YouTube again, it's, it's not, something you're going too deep into in the, at the moment but again it's you can do it a way you can do it it can be nicely polished nicely edited it's actually not that hard again it's quite exposing yeah. but technically it's not that difficult the bit that i see you doing particularly well is the short for short form and live video particularly on facebook and for me that's the bit i admire the most because it's the bit that i find personally the most challenging because i'm a perfectionist i really struggle with the short-term yeah. video so i'd be keen to hear what advice you might have for for that particular part of the content so on, mix. on in regards because there's two different approaches for that so with the live or with just the short form content well personally yeah. i'm really weak on both and it's my podcast so that's what <laughs> i would like to learn from you i love it this is a very controversial point this i get slammed on these all the time um but it comes from a place of fact. So for short short form, um, I have a strategy that I do with my clients and I do it myself. And it, and obviously it, it's nice that you think that it's good because that, that's nice to hear. Um, so I believe 
that you should keep your content, your short form content, um, below a minute. So this is something that I've so was something I've started to do, and it's why it's worked. It's why it's sped up the process. So I create daily um, single tips. So it's like literally one actionable tip every single day, and I keep it below a minute, thirty seconds if I can. Today, actually, funny enough, is the first day that it wasn't. It was a minute and a half, and I was really upset, <laughs> um, which is really <laughs> annoying. Because, and you'll see why. But um, I keep it below a minute for a couple of reasons. There are there's three reasons behind it. First one being, um, genuinely, most people are on social platforms are they're cognitively lazy. It's a bit of a behavioral economics point of view, but they're they're cognitively lazy. They don't they don't um, want to watch a lot of your content. It's you know something and which is I, I try to say to my clients a lot and it's, I think it's what's helped me establish myself is I'm not precious about my content, so I'm not worried that if you don't watch it or not, it's more about a brand touch point. So it's more about that yeah. you scroll through your social media feed, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, whichever one it is, and you're seeing my face and you're seeing the word personal branding in some way or another. If the videos are below one minute, it allows me to, so that's that's the first reason. So you, you, if you keep below one minute, th- there's a higher chance they might watch it, which is always gonna be better than if they don't, but it is the same strategy of just touch points. The second one that, I've, that I really like about these one minutes is you can repurpose that content across multiple. If it's below a minute, you are no longer restricted by the time caps on something like Instagram or mm. TikTok. I mean, TikTok, do I think TikTok's going to be the next big thing? Um, I don't know. Does it take me? Is it is it a thing for no, you currently? <laughs> but I do use it. Um, <laughs> I use it because, you know, looking back and when I started to, to, to study more of these influencers and successful people, I hate the word influencers, but, but successful people online. People who people have, who have influence. influence. Yeah, because influencer, the word has been branded with something else now but like technically before i would say people of power and that people of influence over people and the early adopters if you look back the early adopters have always been they always have a bigger chance same with podcasting same thing um so tiktok if you can keep your video below a minute and you and it takes you an extra five seconds to post that content onto tiktok you may as well do it just in case so that minute now I wouldn't make contextually relevant ones, which is where why I do these one minute videos. Um, but I but I put it across all of them. And then the other one that I the other reason why I did it was say for example like yourself with YouTube, and I did this myself in the finance space. I used to do like tip videos where I do seven or eight minute tips, and it would be really soul destroying to see these people, myself included. You spend an hour, an hour and a half recording it, editing it, doing all those lovely things. For the average video, YouTube video is you know, a good video is 50% consumed. So yeah, some of your great tips you have at the end of the video will, will hardly ever see the light of day. So my argument behind it, which is working, but it's it's funny because the argument always comes from the videographers who say it's not a good idea, yet the videographers get paid for the more videos and longer they are. That's normally why the argument's there. Um, but the argument is, by splitting those that content into more digestible chunks, short form content, throwaway content is what I like to call it. Um, it, it. There's a higher chance of your audience consuming all seven tips, which means there's a higher value 
proposition, in my opinion. And it works, funnily enough, because I get business on the back of it. So that's my approach for that. And the way I do that is one minute, one tip. Very simple. And I run a, a one to 31 system. So every beginning of the month, I sit down and I have one to 31 and I, I put in, and they're usually taken from blogs I've written. I put in the tips. You know, that's the first of the month, second of the month, third, and I do all the way down to 31. So every morning I wake up and I, I read my tip <laughs> and film it and it's really simple it takes me 10 minutes i love it i absolutely love it and i love it for so many reasons the videographers are wrong and i'll tell you why <laughs> that little system there it doesn't sound like it's high impact from a productivity perspective at all it's not super time consuming but i as a consumer in your ecosystem see someone that's omnipresent yeah. And that's golden. And knowing that that's the workflow that's behind it, it's super replicable. Oh, it's really easy to do. And the other thing with a one-minute video is if your, minute, if your videos are longer than a minute, you have a problem. Yeah. And I certainly have a problem. I'm, I'm not a trained actor. I can't keep very much in my head. So if I'm going longer than a minute, I know I'm going to need a script. Whereas under a minute you can probably keep that in your head and just do it in so a one, one shot. Thing, fairly one thing I would easy. say is a bit of a golden nugget that I use. I use an app called Big View. It's B-I-G-V-U. And um, it is a teleprompter app on my phone. It's amazing. It's sped my process up beyond belief because I have these tips in a OneNote on a 1 to 31 and the OneNote is on my phone and I copy and paste it into Big View and I do everything in one take because it's right. a, a teleprompter on the screen of the so it records the, the you whilst it scrolls down and the amazing thing about it is it scrolls next to the lens so you're actually reading by looking into the lens it's really clever and mm. and um exactly what you say that is i was making content that as someone i enjoyed making content and when my business first started i had an abundance of time <laughs> so i was like Let's make loads. But what I started to realize was two things. I It took off very quick and I'd started to not have an abundance of time. And then my clients who mostly are in financial services because of my history, I do work with people outside of that, but it's kind of my unchosen niche. Um, they don't have a lot of time. And so I started thinking, well, what method could be that it will take you half an hour and you could do it every day or three times a week? and um, big view so i use big view and an app called video leap and i had everything on my phone and it takes me no longer than 20 minutes and that's with subtitles and everything on there and when it's only so. and for anybody anybody out there watching your content they probably think that all you do all yeah. day is create content because certainly that's the amount of it that there oh, appears it's every to day. be it's water, it's water on rock that's the way i like to think about it is um it is water <laughs> on rock the what 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 I found, and it's been interesting to see, and this is what you want for all anyone who's listened to this for your own business. This is this is replicable in any place. It's this infinite versus finite kind of theory that my, my I want you, and I can tell you, what, I got this from a mutual friend of ours, which is Alex Curtis. He told me he said you want people to fear the idea that they would even try to compete with you. And I remember <laughs> him saying it to me, and I thought that's really true. And, and that's my thing is. If I, and, and, and everything I do, I, I'm, I'm a dyslexic guy, I'm very creative, but I run my business and my, my content strategy like a tight ship, everything is numbers. 
um, even down to, you know, if I, I look at it and say, if I create seven times, you know, seven pieces of content a week, and most people are creating three, it'll, by the time I reach year one, they'd have to be three years in order to catch me. You know, it's, it's everything and I look at is, 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 is do you yeah. know how you said about compounding? It's this compounding um, kind of strategy that isn't very, and, and, and what's quite, what's quite shocking in a good way, because it shows that clients and people, anyone who's willing to embrace this this kind of ideology, I guess, can win quite quick, because the vast majority of people are, are completely unaware. And yet, I thought it would take a lot longer, and it's not. And I can't imagine what I could achieve, in, and what anyone who's done it can achieve in, say, ten years. Because in my mind, it's a ten-year plan. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if if you constantly show up. And also, yeah. So okay, I'm going to ramble on. Otherwise, I'm going to ramble on about this forever. <laughs> no, I think I think I, th I think you're absolutely right. I think when you consume social media, it's very easy to fool yourself into thinking everybody's doing it. But actually, when you when you strip away who's who is cre consistently creating content, it's a ridiculously small. small number, and the opportunities are huge for people that are willing to make that personal commitment to showing up becoming visible and build yeah. their personal brand um it is so, the, yeah I you said right about the personal you. branding space we said off air like it, it blew me away i and i was massively fanboying around the personal branding space um i loved it i was huge when i first when <laughs> i was because it was one of these things where i was like and it was it was funny enough again talking to about alex curtis it was he was helping me when i was a financial advisor and i remember sitting with him and he we were chatting and we had a podcast episode talking about my strategy with financial advisors uh, when I was one and the the, the mic where well, we finished recording and he said why are you not doing this and I was like well I don't know enough and he was like you know a lot more than 99% of the people who are doing this he was like he said I don't understand yeah. why you're not doing it and um, it, it, but it is like you say it's a belief thing but what when I started to research the personal branding space I was blown away that there wasn't and you said this I think off air and maybe on air actually is that that like that it's crazy how quickly my podcast has ranked because there isn't anyone doing it when i started searching domain names no one was taking them um when i started making youtube videos it's not a search thing um philip van dozen is like the only one in the, if you actually search personal branding he's the only one on on youtube and he's not even he's not wow. personal branding his brand it's not even exactly. his thing. <laughs> so um it's not his thing at all it's like a sub side to what he he kind of talked about on a few videos um but he's a brand guy mm. like a very 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 good brand guy um and it, when i started you know when you look at it and, and i've had this thing my my history goes back to like silly it sounds i had a um when i was a dancer this is really since i i um was do i was a street dancer and i did a lot of street dance and i had my own company and the and this is why it brought me back to kind of where i was here where i I was dancing in the same circuits as all of these big dance troops that became really big, but they weren't back then. They were like diversity, these big ones that won Britain's Got Talent. And when I was doing it, no one was, it was this street form of dance was not a big thing. It had never really been heard of. And I've seen, you know, I've seen something before, and that was this one, where I saw something that overnight or within a year went from being nothing to being absolutely massive. And, you know, and these people being completely successful professional financially free and they were my friends 
but I didn't commit myself fully to the ideal that I should have when I was maybe 17, 18. Whereas the people I did, they did. Yeah. With this, this came along and we remortgaged the house and we did everything. I said to my wife, I was like, this, I think there's something here <laughs> because people are, because it's, it's becoming more and more searched, but still is very, very under saturated. Um, and everybody does it. And, and that's why I started looking even on LinkedIn. And there's lots of people who they talk about personal brand, but they're a LinkedIn specialist or they talk about personal brand, but like yourself, yeah. but you're a digital, digital mark. Like I don't understand knowing near what you do. You know, it's brilliant. You know, what you, you, you do, what Alex does, what Louise, the different levels to what I, not different levels, different niches. But I thought, okay, if I go all in on, on personal brand, which is the psychology behind why people think of people in certain ways, why we think of ourselves in certain ways. Um, you know, why is it that, the, you know, I have an example I use with a lot of my clients is you want to create this feeling of when you buy, a, you know, you buy a concert ticket to your favorite band and you go and see them live and they're terrible. But yet they were amazing when you saw <laughs> them, when you listen to their album, you, there's an automatic breakdown of trust. And I was like, what you want to create is this cohesive experience. And this came from my learning was this cohesive experience is no different with a client with you. If you are everything that you, if your website and your social platforms and your digital identity is what I like to refer it as. If your digital identity and your physical identity match, you're automatically going to be in like in synergy. But if they don't, it will fall apart. And that was the stuff that there was a lot of focus on digital marketing, but not so much on the, 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 the psychological, the physical side of it and marrying them together. And that was kind of my, I thought, oh, there's yeah. an opening there. I'll take that. <laughs> well, I think you'll do very well with it. And uh, there's another yeah, area right. I still want to talk about. And that is mm. the live oh, yeah, content. Sorry, I wrote it down and then I again, sidetracked off. <laughs> no, I mean, it was a brilliant sidetrack. So I was happy to play there for a bit. Obviously, this, the short form social content, you're nailing. And obviously, you're acting, performing arts, training, maybe the yeah, dancing or something. But the live content, I think for most people, that is the pinnacle of the yeah. intimidating content. Bizarrely, I think not for everyone. Some people are really happy with live content, but yeah. terrible with recorded. And there's probably some interesting psychology going on there. But for me, certainly live content is scarier than short form social. So what advice would you have for anybody looking at live content? How do you prepare for it? How do you execute so, it? Live content for me was, has been a, a funny one back and forth because when I first started, I did it every day. Um, I definitely overkilled it because I started getting messages from people saying You're, it's a bit much. It's just uh, just abundance. They can't they can't consume it. Go back to the one minute thing. Um, however, when I my hardest thing was trying to frame what. So why every what I'm trying to think words say. My hardest thing was trying to understand and frame why each thing exists. So not just saying the same thing on a live that I could have said on a you podcast that I could have said in a one minute video. It was what specific reason do they have? And um, for me. And the, the, the success I've had with live was not being unapologetically live. So the, the, the one minute videos allowed me to be very direct, like very direct and consumable and look like a social media person. The podcast allows me to be more conversational in an educational way. But the lives, and I say for an approach for anybody, lives are very, very good at giving people a, a 
exactly what it is a live show of what's going on yeah i've seen some great lives and i have seen some terrible ones and it's interesting um because what i've noticed with it is if you you know and i myself like i've used things you can use things like you know obs or you can use things like um, Streamyard that will turn your lives into something really really fancy um but if you go too overboard and i've seen this a lot with lives where they go too overboard they you may as well have just done a youtube video because it's that overproduced whereas what i found the best result from lives is to be very raw very conversational and um be exactly what it says on the tin live i think that people like to see that one thing i noticed with lives they do really well if you keep them over 10 minutes so they like they do well um if you're going to do short content keep them you may as well just video it mm. but lives do really well after 10 minutes because it, it people have to come and join in um and the other thing that i've really noticed as well with my live content is keeping it in a group so that's one keeping it in a, in a in a facebook group so it's more of a closed community when there is more of a closed community people will comment and they'll engage and whereas i've noticed when i did it on a on more of an open forum something like my facebook profile for example they don't or my facebook page they they don't engage in the same way because they they people are so worried about what they're saying they're not really worried worried about what you're saying they're more concerned about what what they're going to say if they're going to look silly writing a comment um so keeping it in a safe environment is very good for live definitely and then the other thing that i said it's really good is you as the person going live acknowledge the people who are watching um that's something i've really noticed myself was it, it definitely it really helps one boost that engagement which is always going to help you with you know with the algorithms and things like that but to create this sense of community because it's lovely watching when you're watching someone live and you and they say your name it's a really nice feeling so it is always thinking about how are you going right back to what you said at the beginning of how do you serve your your audience your community your clients your customers whoever it is that you're communicating with it's making them feel good, making them have a good experience. And if you're just on there talking about you, which is the, the one of the, the common things I see go wrong with lives is a lot of people get on there and just talk. <laughs> um, you're like, and they don't engage with their clients, they don't engage with their people. It can cause some problems. So one of the anxieties that I would have, I've got a million, but... Don't worry, so do I. They're, they're turning up and obviously you're there for something like a Q&A and nobody's mm. got any questions. You need to prepare, I'm guessing, I'm not guessing, I know. I've never done it. <laughs> yeah. You need to prepare content assuming yeah. there's going to be nobody there. Yes. What's your, how much content do you prepare for that situation? So I prepare, it goes back to the water on water on rock thing. Um, when you do a Q&A, if you've never done a Q&A before or you've never launched this live, like live Q&As are a brilliant thing, but the, the, you've always got to be prepared for the idea that no one is going to ask questions. Um, because unless you, unless you've started to build it as a, a habit, you know, as, as long as when it starts to become a routine that you're doing a Q and a every week, you will get questions. But if you just do it out of the blue, you probably won't, or you might get one or two. I, um, I always prepare three questions. So I always have three questions that, um, and I know that other people who've done this, get three questions that you either have prepared or that you can give to a friend or family member to ask you know that's fine as well um i've done that for multiple friends and family members who all who, who are in 
this space of trying to build their own thing where they'll ask questions on a Instagram post that they're gonna talk about live, I always ask a question. But if not, I would prepare three. And I'd always have three, um, I'd have three in the bag that you know are always good in any environment. Do you know what I mean? Like, so for yeah. personal branding, there's gonna be three that always come up. Um, what is a personal brand? It's always the main one. What social media platform should I be on? Um, and what should I talk about? I get that. They're the three that always come up in any Q&A that I've ever done without fail. So I know the answers to those. So with a QA, and a I will say, you know, if you, if you know that you potentially have got this fear that, that no one's going to ask, you can say, I've had these questions that have been asked to me and I'm going to talk about them first and then the floor is open if you want any. That way then you can shut that live down if it doesn't. Um, but eventually, if you do it enough, if you do three or four of those, people will, they will start to comment and they will start to ask those questions because they are curious. I've got one of my clients who runs a very, very successful Facebook group and he's got about 500, the engagement in there he has is incredible. He, it's a new homes group, so he runs it for people who are looking to buy a new home, as in like new builds. Yeah, and he's a, he does incredibly well with it and he's doing his first live on the 29th and he's just like everyone else he's bricking it I mean I get messages from him literally yesterday going what am I going to do what am I going to but I think the fear is definitely um, is bigger than the actual re reality of it and from from what you were describing there something that I instinctively think is well do I have to have something different every single time from what you were saying there is actually possibly not. No. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, so, so it's one of those funny ones. Um, I say this to, to people a lot. You, you, we're, not, we're reinventing the wheel a lot of this, a lot of the time. Um, it, it, the good the thing I love about video and audio content is we, me and you, Bob, could say the same things, but it's going to be different because our delivery is different. And... That is something I love about it. That's the first thing when I say with people is that, you know, you don't need to keep trying to find new exciting ways to change, you know, say something that someone else hasn't said. It. Say it the same. And if the question that you get asked is repetitive, talk about it again. So my core things I always talk about is engagement. I always talk about how you should engage with other people's content, that you shouldn't be what I call a selfish poster, which is, you know, you should be engaging with people in, in your news feeds because if you have the audacity to want someone to engage with yours, you should be engaging with theirs. And um, if you actually, people watch my tips, my lives, my podcast, I speak about that point at least once a week. Mm. <laughs> and because it's the point. And I think you don't need to keep re redoing it because a couple of things is people most, a lot of the time don't learn something straight away. It blows me away how much like, people. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. It's like twenty percent of something or something you retain. So you don't need to all. You, you know, as long as if you've got three, four, maybe five really powerful messages, and and the best, obviously, if you have like ten, you know, ten core strong things you know you're going to talk about with a live video, you could cycle those. So if you did one, if you like, so something I like to work. I've got a little bit of paper in front of me now, but something I would say with a client would be do twelve. Let's do 12. That's one. That's a, a quarter. I love to work in quarters, by the way. <laughs> um, that's one quarter. I would recycle that every quarter because by the mm. time you get to Q2, 
the 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 first live if if you if you want it really structured the first live they would have your your audience will have either forgotten they will they either would have forgotten they've been new because you're going to bring in on you're bringing on new people all the time so you're you're going to they're either going to have forgotten what you said they they're new or they're going to re-listen to it and learn something new that's something that's really powerful i've tried to relate this to my clients where i say if you ever watch The Matrix, it takes you 10 times to understand what The Matrix is about because every time you watch it, there's a different thing happening. And you're like, oh. And I think that's the same with live content. You, you know. I th- yeah. I think alongside that, you can say the same thing to three people and they'll all take something oh, different yeah. from it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it blows me away. Like going back to the psychology of stuff um, and this idea of the consuming of content, they people read what they read or hear or listen or see what they want to see um, it blows me away when when you when i get a post that gets a lot of engagement on linkedin um and a lot of you usually when when something is a lot of engagement there's going to be a mixed reviews it's interesting to watch how many people talk about something that actually is nothing to do with the content in any way shape or form but it's what they have taken from it i find it really intriguing yeah, that is actually very interesting when you get a high engagement post. I see that quite often on Instagram that people will take so many different things out of your content that yeah. you had never imagined. Yeah. But and then you've got to defend it. Do you know when you're doing that, when you, I have this thing where I'm like, I don't even know what to say to that. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're like, that's not the point I was trying to make. I love it. So, I mean, obviously, selfishly, that's been really, really useful. And I know that so far, everything we've covered will help an awful lot of people get some clarity around some really foundational things. And I'm, I'm curious to sort of add into this, what does your business actually look like? Because obviously this is the digital marketing entrepreneur mm. show. Yes, it's about digital marketing, but it's also about the businesses behind digital marketers. So how do you, <laughs> how do you connect with your clients? How do you deliver value to them? So my business, um, this took me a, a long time to try and define clearly what what I, my business model was. Um, so my business model is very, very clear now to me. Um, so I am a personal brand coach and I, I so that my only paid service at this current point in time, because again, mastery of one, and then I'll expand as we go on. But my own, I... I was my hardest thing when I set up was what where do the, where do the lines blur of I don't want to be giving out loads of content and then charging someone for the content that I'm giving to someone else for free. This was something that really concerned me when I was setting up, and I think there's a lot of mixed messages, and this might be something that a lot of people actually might be listening to that have a similar worry because this is definitely was, and if you listen to someone like um, Gary Vaynerchuk who I absolutely loved and I, and I still have a lot of time for the, for him. I think he's a very good guy in his in his space. But if you listened to something like that and took it all on board, you'd have no money um, mm. because it's giveaway, 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 giveaway. So I looked at my thing and said, okay, what is the thing I'm going to charge for? So I run a personal brand mastery program. And so the program is a three-step program. It's over, it's three eight-week courses and you, you people get by it in three chunks. And that program effectively takes them from not knowing anything and I probably would recommend it. It's eight weeks, so it's two months. I'd probably recommend a month break. This is what we've been doing with a lot of them to them to, to really process that and then they come back. Um, 
that takes them from knowing absolutely nothing. If they know something, it's fine. But really, everyone everyone I've worked with who's come to me and said, I know loads about this, nine times out of ten, they they do in one very specific area, but not the whole broad. Yeah. So this this is a method that I learned, that I've created by taking from incredible people. I've curated, so not created, because it's created, but like any courses, I've curated from great minds and added my own acting techniques into that and everything to create this program, which is called Personal Brand Mastery, which allows me to, and I'm having massive success with my clients off the back of it. But what that really allowed me to do is that's an actionable, tangible product. Whereas everything else is free. <laughs> so that allowed yeah. me then to say, look, if you want to, my podcast, I teach everything in my podcast that, not everything that's in the program, but I teach more, um, like what we're talking about now, just things that we're talking about. There's this one, you know, one to 31, that is in the program. Everything that I talk about is in the program, but it, but how it applies and when it applies. But um, there's a lot of people, and the way I saw it was, I want like a th- two thirds, two thirds of my of my actual business is free, which is which is my content, and then um, then just this one. And it allows me to sleep at night knowing that I'm giving back more than I take. And it really, it really has helped me understand um, when someone contacts me, that is what I offer. So I don't offer, um, and I was looking at uh, um, your website actually earlier, and, and it's as it goes and builds, I would like to, to branch into, not into digital marketing of any kind, but into more, okay, now we have this different service here and this different service there. But right now my time is purely, my money is purely made by public speaking. I do a bit of public speaking now, but right now it's digital, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> and um, and the program and everything else, the podcast, the content is all completely free. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I've had a bit of a run in with a couple of online course people so far because they've said, Could, you know, why don't you take your content that you're making as a podcast and put it into a course? Or And um, that might be the case in two, three, four years. But as I said to you at the beginning, my... This is I, this is a marathon for me, not a sprint. And um, uh, my goal is to be the number. I want to be my goal, not want to be. My goal is, and I will be in the next ten to fifteen years. I want to be the world leading specialist in this, because no, that's my entire goal. And to monetize quit too quickly is a big fear of mine, that you can lose your audience. Yeah, I think also the ratio that you've got there in terms of the service over um, product is one that I think will allow you to build a very fulfilling business and not enough people really take that seriously yeah. i think for me that's my dna if i don't have a mission i have no motivation yeah. at all. speaking and my so, language that sounds like you're very similar <laughs> that's exactly i can't get out of bed if if i don't um this something came very apparent to me i joked about it as a financial advisor if i can't if i'm not actually doing something that's taking me one step forward towards a goal a mission that i have and i'm one of these i'm a very spiritual person i'm 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 very into the whole bigger picture of things and um there is definitely to just do a job for money and nothing else um would be my absolute worst nightmare because uh, i did it for a long time <laughs> and i'd never do it again well i think that's a great place to sort of bring yeah. things to a close um ash I'm going to remember to ask you a question <laughs> I very occasionally forget. 
and that's what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago doing this embracing who i am instead of being I'm being fully a hundred percent true to who i am and not um conforming to what i think others wanted me to be if i had if i'd done answer. that my life would have been a lot better earlier and if people want to connect with you how would you like them to do that? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the best place. Um, I am on other social media platforms, but not really. Use LinkedIn. <laughs> so anywhere, just search Ash Borland or Personal Branding 101. Yeah. Very hard not to find I'm it. pretty much, yeah, I will give you a warning if you do have me on LinkedIn. It'll be every day. So be, be <laughs> you know, get engaged on there and I'll, and um, yeah. <laughs> Ash, it's been a pleasure it's talking to you. I'm so grateful for your time. And I can't wait to meet you in person once this lockdown nonsense yes, is Yes, I know. It's, it's never-ending. It feels like there's a long list of people who I'm like, I really wanted to... There was a long list of people who I wanted to meet when I first met Alex. But I was like, I have nothing of value to talk to you guys about. And now I'm like, yes, I'm willing to chat now. <laughs> <laughs> Seat at the table. I love it. All right. Well, thank you very much. And Thank you. Uh, Brilliant, Bob. Thank you so much. Like they always say, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. Building your personal brand and becoming known in your space can actually go quickly, but it takes consistent action and becoming used to living on the edge of your comfort zone has to be something that you become accustomed to. If it was easy, then everyone would do it, but that doesn't mean it's rocket science. And the more time you spend on the edge of your comfort zone, the more that zone expands. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You can find a link in the show notes or just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. I would love to connect with you on social media. Follow me wherever you hang out and you'll find me at Bob Gentle. If you do, then message me so I know and I can follow you back. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review it on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me, and it's the best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Ash for giving us his time this week, and to you for listening. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>